My name is Sam, uh, and that's me. Um, I'm 21 years old, and over the last 21 years, there's the two best photos I've ever had. Um, but yes, I'm Sam, I'm from Tauranga, I've lived there all my life, all 21 years. Um, this is my family. Uh, we are in, I think that was in front of some person's tomb in Vietnam, which is a bit weird, but that's my mother, my father, my sister, and my brother. Um, and my mum is a social worker at Waipuna Hospice, dad uh, works for St. John on the ambulance, my brother has just started a mechanical apprenticeship, and my sister is still at school. Uh, when I first left school, I went to Tauranga Boys and left, I started interning here at BBC. So I was um, helping out with the youth. It was great fun. I learned heaps. Uh, I, that's me with my small group boys. Good times. I worked with um, Michael and Rob, and it was, yeah, I learned so much. I went to um, Kerry for a little bit, and Pathways Bible College, got my Christian diploma or something. I can't remember what it's called. But um, <laughs> did some study and learned a lot, and it was great fun. Uh, now, that is me. On my 21st birthday at work, I work for St. John now. I'm training to be an EMT. Um, I got, should be studying for my assessment, which is on the 17th, but I'm here instead. Um, but yes, I uh, love that. I love the night shifts. They're great fun. Um, you get to meet really interesting people and, 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 it's, and help in their time of need. Now, this, these are my friends. I have friends. Um, I, live at a, I live at a flat with four, soon to be five, um, and there's my girlfriend, me playing touch, and just a whole bunch of friends. Uh, these are the people I do life with. I, um, I've grown up with a lot of them. Some of them are new friends, some of them are old friends. Um, but yes, I've, I've enjoyed my time. I've been at um, BBC, oh, I don't know, about 12 years-ish, uh, um, and I've loved it here. I've felt like it's always been a family um, for me. Now, today, I'll be speaking from Matthew uh, 6, on the Sermon on the Mount, 19, verses 19 to 24, and trying to unpack this, this idea, the idea of, of the heart of a Christian. Um, and it's a real big topic, um, but uh, so let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I just ask that um, tonight your word um, will be heard. Lord, I just pray that we all learn something um, about you, Lord, and about ourselves Tonight, Lord, I ask that um, you increase, Lord, and I will decrease, Lord. I ask that um, yeah, tonight that we can all take something away, Lord, that will affect us for the, for the rest of our lives, Lord. Um, I thank you for the time we get to spend together tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, Matthew 6, verse 19 to 24. Um, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moths and vermin destroy and where the thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Here, Jesus is talking on the Sermon on the Mount. He's, he's warning his disciples and, and the crowd around them that what we value reveals where our hearts lie. 
He uses three different explanations that are just as relevant today as they were back then. So let's start with the first. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where the moths and vermins destroy, and where the thieves break in and steal. Jesus talks about treasures, but not the treasures that you see on the pirates movies, the the gold, the the jewels, the diamonds, and, and all those things, but but a treasure that a person actually holds value to. It's something that we as a people hold value to. Our treasures, my treasures are different to your treasures. I um, mean, Jesus talks, they're not worth a lot of money, these treasures. They're just, they're worth more and more to who the person holds value to. Now, we're all family here, and I'm going to be a bit vulnerable and show you a list I have on my phone. Uh, <laughs> this list is a list of treasures that I would love to purchase over the next weeks, months, years, and they're in no particular order, but here's my list. (laughs) So first one, roof racks. I've got a kayak, but I can't use it because I don't have any roof racks. So roof racks, top of the list. Now there's snowboard stuff, which is a bit late because it's, yeah, season's over. Wetsuit because it gets cold, diving, fishing rods, dive knife, blah, 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 house. Um, Now, now, now it goes acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and bass guitar. And the thing is, I have an electric guitar, but I don't have a guitar amp. And if you've got an amp, you need pedals. Then I'm like, oh, bass is fun. I'll get a bass. Oh, but then you need a bass amp. Oh, oh, but then you need bass pedals. And the list just kind of keeps going on. Now, you'll notice the last three, most important. New golf stuff slash any golf stuff. Just, I love golf. Golf's fun, eh? And yeah, it's good. But... Golf stuff's just great. Like, it's always on my list and I'm always there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, as much as it's going to be hard for me to say this, I'm going to put some perspective around how all these things are kind of pointless, especially the golf stuff. Um, and, these tr- and yeah, they're treasures to me, but they're not treasures to the Lord. So let's, let's go. And so two years ago, I started golf. I started golf. And, and what you do when you start golf is you get a membership. It's like $80. Oh, so cheap. Wish it was like that now. And then you go, you go and get golf clubs. So I went out, I went through all, every Facebook page you can imagine, every, every trade me list, and I went, okay, golf clubs. What's, what's some good secondhand golf clubs I can get my hands on? I spent a bit of money, and I got like a, a new driver. Um, a set of, a driver's the biggest one, the big metal one that you smack the furthest, and it was, it was good fun. Uh, I got this driver, and I treasured this driver. I valued it. So, so much. It was a Cobra driver, white. It was great. It was brilliant. Don't ask my friends how I got to hit it, but it was a great driver. Now, one fateful day in Rotuiti, I was playing with this driver, and it started, like, sounding a bit weird. Like, it was just not any good. Like, it sounded a bit hollow, and I was just like, what's going on? I said, like, oh, it's okay. I'm still hitting it right. It doesn't really matter. And then I started to put a tee down, and I put my driver on the ground, and then snap. The whole head fell off, and the shaft had, sh- like, shattered in two, and I was just like, what the heck? I was like, I, I had so much value on this driver. I had so much, it was a treasure to me. And in a half a second, it was gone. Didn't matter anymore. Because I went and spent $250 and got a new one. But um, I got a new driver. Still doesn't work as good. I still hit it right. But I got a new driver that now, again, I treasure. I love it. Um, then I, I've never been able to hit my drive right. So I started going, okay, okay, we'll, we'll start putting. We'll start getting a putter out. Because you do that heaps. And I was just like, I got this real cheap, warehouse putter that just I thought didn't work well so I went you know what because it doesn't work well I'm gonna buy a new one because that's what you do <laughs> it's never my fault it's the clubs so I so I got this new new putter sent me back a bit and I started playing with that and I still can't hit putt well like it's just it's a waste of money but I got a new putter because my old one sucked and it doesn't work anymore as well now because I suck at putting and suck at driving I went now I'm gonna get new irons which are the middle ones 
So I looked and looked and looked and I went, oh, I really don't need new irons, but it would be really cool to get new irons. I would, I would treasure these irons so much. So I looked and looked and looked and I couldn't find an explanation to my girlfriend to spend that much money on irons. So I never got them. But because I've got such good friends, a couple of weeks ago at my 21st, they came up to me and said, we couldn't be stuffed getting you a present, but we're going to give you some money so you can buy some new irons. And I was stoked because that means I didn't have to explain to my girlfriend that I needed to buy new irons because it was a present. So I went out and I bought new irons. Now these are brand new, first brand new clubs I've ever owned in my life. Oh, they look good, man. They, in my, they, I thought I was the man. Went and played yesterday. Yeah, nah, they don't work as well, eh? It must be my swing or something, because first ball, I'm ready to go. I like, you know when you get real confident, you're just like, I'm going to hit this so far and so straight, it's going to be great. I hit the furthest right shot I think I've ever hit in my life, first time I used the irons, and I just did not have a good round. But those are my treasures. Now, the treasures themselves, pointless. Um, Jesus is not concerned about the treasures themselves, but more where they're leading you. So at the moment, houses. Big thing at the moment. I don't know what happens in houses because I don't really know, but apparently it's going to cost more and the house price is going low or something like that. But what I've heard is a house is an investment. House is, tell me if I'm wrong, but a house is an investment. And an investment helps you have a stable life, it, it, which means you can, you can have a good family. It means, therefore, you can set your children up to have a good life. It means they can also, you encourage them to, yeah, yeah buy a house, it's a good thing. And then this, this, this long list of things keeps coming, but the thing is, a house never leads to heaven. No matter how many things you're going to use in that house, do in that house, it's, it's never going to lead to heaven. Now, the treasures are not necessarily bad in themselves. Golf club's not a bad thing, but Jesus is warning us that if we give too much value to them, if we spend too much time, if we spend too much money, if we waste our lives trying to get the next best thing, our heart will not lead to him. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also lie. So there's these worldly treasures. Now what about these heavenly treasures that Jesus speaks about? In, in verse 20, he says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where the moths and vermin do not destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. Now look, I could rattle off all these good things. Praying, quiet time, theological knowledge, kindness, reading your Bible, and, and yes, hold value to those things. But first and foremost, Jesus wants us to hold value to our relationship with him. If we're too busy with the, with the treasures of this world, if our priorities are too busy on them, our past will change. We'll be diverted and, and we'll forget our relationship with Jesus, we'll forget what a treasure it is to have a relationship with Jesus. The scariest thing is that we spend so much time, so much money, so much effort on these earthly things, we forget Jesus. The things of this world hold us back to a point that at the end of our lives, we might, might be sitting there going, oh, I quite like my house. I, I quite like my car. I quite like golf and, and all these things. Maybe I just... We'll spend more time on that and, and I'll forfeit an eternal relationship with our Heavenly Father. We get too focused on these things of the world that we forfeit these things. So my question is, are these treasures worth selling your heart for? Jesus continues in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. 
If your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, then how great is that darkness? A little bit confusing. Um, as, as much as I love reading the Bible and, and meditating on the Lord's Word, I feel like I, it took me a while to understand this verse. And, and I feel like that often when we, we um, hear this passage be read out, this, this often is, is, is skipped over, this verse, these two verses. Jesus explains that what we look to and where our priorities lie affects our whole life. Where we are looking is where our life will go. And is where it will lead, and we need to start looking the right way. Now, as humans, we're born with a sinful, broken heart. We have no light, our body, our, our heart, we are full of darkness. So from birth, we start searching for this light. The problem is we search in the wrong place. We begin to fill our lives with pointless things and try create life. We light, we, we, we chuck houses, cars, golf clubs, we chuck all these things into our lives to go, yes, I need light, I need, and it just gets darker and darker and darker without a spark there will never be any light in our lives. It's like creating a bonfire. We've got the youth um, bonfire night coming up soon, and, and if we wanted to create a big bonfire, we, we start chucking heaps of wood on, heaps of, heaps of crates. We cut down a couple of trees, put them on this bonfire. We get petrol, which is so expensive at the moment, and a whole bunch of methylated spirits and all this stuff, and we just keep chucking it on this bonfire. But if we never have a spark, there will never be any light. There will never be any Fire, we find ourselves so empty after supposedly filling ourselves, filling our lives with so much. And like the treasures in heaven, the only place we can look for this light is in Jesus. John 8, verses 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So how comfortable are you becoming with living in this darkness? Verse 24. <clears throat> no one can serve two masters. You either hate one and love the other, or you would be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, when first reading this, it never really made sense to me. God versus money, yeah, I get that whole debacle, but like, I reckon I could serve two people. Probably like the most of us, we've probably served two masters or, or at least two bosses. When, when I was intern, I worked under Rob and I worked under Michael. And as much as I could jokingly say they were, made me as a slave, uh, it's not fully true. But the difference is I wasn't their property. I was not tasked on serving Rob and Michael's every need. The slaves in Jesus' time were fully devoted to their master's every need. They were owned by one person and one person alone and tasked with doing whatever they said whenever they wanted. So how could one person possibly be the slave of two masters? Now, like me, you probably try to balance our lives with the world on one side and Jesus on the other. But it never really seems to work. The world always seems to just rocket it down and then Jesus takes a back step. What Jesus is saying here is, is he wants our whole attention on him because there's no other option. 
As soon as we start trying to, to take a glimpse at this world, as soon as we try to, to look over there, our, our focus just becomes there. We become completely captivated by the world and all of a sudden that's the only thing that matters. It becomes so dangerous when our lives become consumed in serving the world. We're told to make as much money as you can, buy the best house you can and get the best looking partner, but we end up falling further and further away from Jesus because of this. The question is, are you actively seeking Jesus? Now, last weekend, um, I went to a sports camp. It was great fun. It was non-Christians, Christians alike. We're just playing sport all weekend, and it's great. And there's this one man named Jeff. Now, Jeff was the preacher for the camp, and he was a straight-up, no fluffy points, nothing like that, just pure gospel kind of preacher. He just went hard. Like It was, it was very humbling and very encouraging. Um, and he pointed out one massive thing that I'll never forget, and it is how much Jesus values our hearts. Our hearts are worth more than any treasure. Our hearts are worth more than a phone, than a car, than a house, or even golf clubs. Our hearts, our hearts are worth more than this. Now, now, what Jeff did was he said, look, we got a scale. We put on one side, we put a house, we put a car, we put New Zealand, we put the world, we put, we put the, the sun, the stars, the whole galaxy on one side. And what Jesus does is he puts our hearts on the other and that is so much more value to him than any of the other stuff. Jesus showed us how much he valued our hearts by sacrificing his life on that cross for not a pure heart, for not a perfect heart, but for a broken, sin-ridden heart. On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is pleading for us to look, to reflect on our lives. He wants us to value our hearts as much as he does. Now, it's a bit short. I know, short and sweet, just like me. And, and I'm going to finish here and I want the band to come up. But tonight I plead with you to ask yourself where your heart is actually leading you. Where is your trajectory? Are these treasures on earth worth selling your heart for? How comfortable are you becoming with living in the darkness? And how actively are you actively seeking Jesus? The reality is, that a life leading to Jesus will constantly come under this attack. No matter how long you've been a Christian for or how short, there will always be the world calling. As soon as you walk out of this building, the world will be calling your name and saying, come this way, come this way, come this way. But as a Christ follower, we need to continually reflect. We need to continually examine our lives and where they're heading. This passage of Scripture is not just for tonight. It's for the rest of our lives as Christ. Followers, And as, as the band play another song of worship, I, I just ask you to please take the time to consider. Take the time to reflect where you're heading and then remember what Jesus has already done. He has already won. There's no more to that story apart from that he valued our hearts so much that he sacrificed everything. So how much do you value your own heart?